everyone and welcome once again to another episode of Everyday Black History. I'd like to welcome you all as today is Thursday, uh, January 16th and um, you know Thursday is the unofficial start to the, to the weekend for a lot of people. A lot of people like to go out on Thursday and get a drink especially since tomorrow is Friday and, <clears throat> and you're looking at the weekend so happy Thursday and you know another week gone by almost you know tomorrow's Friday and hopefully tomorrow will be a good day but you know when Thursday comes around you can almost feel the weekend here and that's of course the people who work Monday through Friday if you uh, are a weekend warrior and you got to work on the weekends you know then you know it's not the same for you or even if you own your own business I mean you own your own business you know you may have to work weekends but it's different when you own your own business because it's like it's your dream. You're working for yourself. You're not working for anyone else or to make anyone else rich. So shout out to all the entrepreneurs and the business owners out there who do work the weekends because you could take off whenever you need to. And, you know, when you're working on the weekends, you're getting that money. But anyway, you know, today, um, as we have been doing the last uh, few episodes, we've been talking about black owned banks, uh, black owned financial institutions. And today we're going to continue that. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Industrial Bank of Washington, D.C. There's a few banks that goes by the name of Industrial Bank, but the black-owned bank is Industrial Bank of Washington, D.C. And um, they are headquartered in Washington, D.C. And they are one of the top five uh, black-owned banks in the country with uh, more than six branches in the... uh, Well, initially they had six branches in the D.C. area, but... Um, as of November 1st, they brought out a bank, City National in New Jersey, which uh, gives them a footprint in the New York, you know, tri-state area. So they have, you know, uh, over $420 million in assets. And once uh, City National's banks, once their assets are included with theirs, then it would make them probably one of the largest black-owned banks in the country that would even be able to go neck and neck with One United as the largest uh, black-owned bank in the U.S. But it was established in 1913. At the time when it was established, it was just established as Industrial Savings Bank. And it was started by, an, it was started by a man uh, by the name of John Whitelaw Lewis. And it originally operated out of, uh, out of uh, another building, the Laborers Building. And this building was designed by... Um, a man by the name of William Sidney Pittman. And William Sidney Pittman it was a, uh, a black architect, one of the few black architects of the time. Um, and uh, when Industrial Bank finally started to operate out of its own building, a few years later, uh, John Lewis, the owner, chose another black architect by the name of Isaiah Hatton to design the building on uh, U Street. And the reason why I mentioned the men who designed the buildings that uh, Industrial Bank uh, stayed in is because they both were black architects, and that's a that's a career that a lot of um, a lot of black uh, you know African Americans aren't in, aren't involved with. Um, the number in comparison to other nationalities is much much lower, and the fact that he always chose black architects to either design the buildings that he stayed in, that he used for the bank, or or uh, operate out of buildings that were designed by black architects just show an example, a beautiful example of, you know, keeping it in, in the community and working with 
people in the community, you know, because like, you know, the, the, the idea was always like for us, by us. So to have a black owned bank designed by a black architect, you know, that's an early example of FUBU, you know, back in the early 20th century, you know, so that's one of the reasons why I mentioned the men who designed the, the buildings that Industrial Bank stayed in during its early years. Now, Industrial Bank closed in 1932 because of the Great Depression. And during the Great Depression, I mean, banks were just closing daily because of the hard economic times and stock fell, you know, and a lot of rich people lost all their money. So, you know, they were uh, affected. Industrial Savings Bank was affected by the Great Depression as well. But in just two years, in 1934, Jesse Mitchell, who was a Howard University alumni, he decided to reorganize and reopen the bank, and he reopened it as just Industrial Bank of Washington, D.C., the name that it is known as today. And despite the economic hardships of the Depression, while many other banks were closing, you know, left and right around them, Industrial Bank continued to thrive and serve the black community in Washington, D.C. And by 1947, the bank had over $6 million in assets and over 14,000 depositors. And the amazing thing about it was that 20% of those customers, those 14,000 depositors, were white customers. So even at a time where there was, you know, you know vast racial segregation, you know, the bank was that effective that white people was even using its services. Now, at this point, the Industrial Bank was known as the largest bank in the country uh, during this time. And, but despite its status as the largest black-owned bank and the fact that 20% of its customers were white, they still had uh, problems staffing the bank because many trained white bank workers refused to work at a black-owned bank. And the only, banking is train, the only bank training institution uh, that was in D.C. at the time had a whites-only policy. So it caused quite a problem when it came to just finding capable people to, you know, help run the bank, you know, bank tellers and bank managers and things of that nature. But despite that, once again, the bank still continued to thrive throughout the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. So you're talking about riots. You're talking about, you know, um, racial segregation. Um, you're talking about, you know, Vietnam War, or, you know, um, uh, the, the assassination of black leaders, despite all of these things that were going on in the country during the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s even, Industrial Bank still continued to serve the black community in Washington, D.C., in, 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 in the nation's capital. It still continued to thrive and to do well and to overcome any obstacle that, you know, came up in its way. And it's one of the few banks that even... Uh, remained open during the Great Recession in 2008 and 2009. So that goes to speak to, you know, how effective, effectively managed the, the bank was because to weather all of that, you know, you need to have, you know, effective leadership. And as we know, there are many banks that have opened and closed throughout the 20th century. And the fact that they were able to weather all, the all these storms, you know, proves that it was an effective bank. Now, all the way down to the 2000s, 2013, the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation invested a million dollars to spur bank lending to the black community. 
as mentioned, Industrial Bank was one of the was the only bank left standing in in, um, in Washington D.C. The only black-owned bank, excuse me, that was left standing during the Great Recession in uh, 2008 and 2009. Many of the other banks closed, and there were there were a few other banks in the D.C. area that were black-owned, but many of them closed because of the Great Recession, as well as many other large financial institutions, and. Um, so the, the Congressional Black Caucus invested a million dollars just to help spur bank lending uh, during this time. And to this day, Industrial Bank is still continuing to grow and still doing well. As mentioned, it's one of the top five black-owned banks. And as of November 1st, 2019, they acquired all the assets of another black-owned bank, City National Bank in New Jersey. Now, just a little background on City National Bank. City National Bank was a regional bank that was um, headquartered in Newark, New Jersey. And it had three branches in the New York, New Jersey area. And back in 2011, it was considered the seventh largest black-owned bank in the U.S. And this was according to Black Enterprise Magazine. They had hundreds of millions in assets and hundreds of millions in total deposits. Now, it was founded in 1972 by a brother named Charles Wingham. And at 900 Broad Street in Newark, New Jersey, and it serviced the, uh, the as mentioned, the New York, New Jersey uh, area. At its peak, the bank had uh, nine locations, but unfortunately, because of unsound practices and effective management, many of its branches closed. And by January 2018, it was down to just three bran- three banks, two in New Jersey and one in Harlem. And with no restoration plan to save the bank and substantial squandering of the bank's assets, the banks was doomed to close. The FDIC and all those uh, bank regulatory uh, agencies um, was going to put the bank in insolvency, which would have forced it to close, leaving all those people who used uh, City National Bank um, you know, vulnerable to payday lenders and predatory uh, lenders, which cause, which uh, charge these crazy interest rates, and you know, which like they call predatory lenders for a reason because they steer you into loans where they know that you won't be able to pay back and where it'll put you into debt. So, but Industrial Bank, you know, stepped in. And Industrial Bank didn't look at it as buying out City National Bank. They looked at it more of as a partnership. And they stepped in and acquired City National uh, Bank and all of its assets. And all those people who banked at City National, instead of being vulnerable and having to go to check cash in places or anything like that, they were able to seamlessly uh, uh, blend into Industrial Bank without a hitch. It was said that when City National closed one day, the next day it opened up as Industrial Bank and all those who, like I was mentioning, whoever had an account with City National, it was just rolled over to Industrial. So you was still able to go and use your uh, ATM cards, your bank cards, until the the Industrial Bank card until the Industrial Bank cards came. You were still able to use your City National Bank cards, and it went on um, rolled over without a hitch. Now City National Bank had. At the time, of, um, according to September 30th, as of September 30th, uh, 2019, City National had $120 million in total assets and $111 million in deposits, which were all purchased by Industrial Bank, giving it its footprint in the New York, New Jersey area, as well as increasing, it, it, as well inc- is increasing Industrial Bank's total assets as well. As I was saying earlier, that it will soon be able to rival One United as one of the largest black-owned banks in it in the country but 
in a climate where a lot of black owned and minority banks are closing almost annually, it is encouraging it isn't an encouraging sign to see industrial bank continuing to grow and uh, saving the patrons the patrons of another black owned bank from predatory lending as well as keeping their money in the black community and in a black owned financial institution. So Industrial Bank is another one of the black owned banks that's around that we can put our money into. Um, they as well have you know, online uh, banking as well. So that's another bank if you uh, were looking into blacking, uh, banking black, excuse me. Uh, Industrial Bank of Washington DC is another bank that you can look into as now they are expanding. And, we'll, you know, with the rate they're going, they can continue to expand even more. And if we're putting our money in there, then they can continue to expand even more. So um, that concludes this episode of uh, Everyday Black History. And tomorrow we'll be coming back with, um, you know, another episode in which we'll be covering uh, Liberty Trust, uh, Liberty Savings and Trust, which is a... Uh, one of the one of the, another one of the top five black owned banks and then we're also gonna um uh, talk, have another episode where we just talk about all the the banks that closed there were quite a few large black owned banks that you know just a few years ago were just were, were considered one of the largest in the country and they you know closed so we'll just talk about just a lot of those that closed over the years and the areas in which they serviced and just to um continue to emphasize the need of um of banking black and supporting uh black financial institutions so uh um that concludes this episode and uh, we'll be coming at you again tomorrow with another one and uh stay tuned for that y'all have a good night